Chapter number seven, if you will. I hope I'm not boring you with this study. I, I've enjoyed it. And I, I don't know how long the Lord let us keep going. I want to continue on, but that's not about what I want. It's about what God wants. Now, Acts chapter number seven, verse number 30 through verse number 34. If you find your place, say amen. 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 Acts chapter seven, verse number 30 through verse number 34. The Bible says, The us. And when forty years were expired, there appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai an angel of the Lord. Now I'm going to stop here and say this. I, you can believe what you want to on this, but I really believe this is Christ showing Himself. He is the angel of the Lord here. That's, that's what I believe. You don't have to, and I'm not going to fall out with you. That's, that's how I feel. But the Bible said, And when forty years were expired, there appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai an angel of the Lord in a flame of fire and a bush. The Bible said when Moses saw it, he wondered at the sight. And as he drew near to behold it, the voice of the Lord came unto him, saying, I am the God of thy fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Then Moses trembled and durst not behold. Then said the Lord to him, Put off thy shoes from thy feet, for the place where thou standest is holy ground. I've seen, I've seen the affliction of my people which is in Egypt, and I've heard their groaning, and am come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send thee into Egypt, as far as we'll get tonight. So in our last studies, we have still yet been dealing with this deacon named Stephen. And we're still yet seeing tonight, he is continuing his sermon to this Sanhedrin council in our text. We see that he's still yet dealing with these Old Testament saints of God tonight. And the thing that Stephen is doing here is that he's trying to get this people's eyes off of a temple. And he is showing this council tonight that all does not revolve around a temple, but all does revolve around Christ. I'm telling you tonight, if not for Christ, this world would not move. If not for Christ, we would have no son. The Bible said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Bible said, when He created man, let us make man in our own image. Who is that? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Friend, we would be nothing without Christ. Every breath we take, we ought to thank Christ for another breath. He breathed life in us. But I'm glad for the day He breathed into our nostrils the breath of eternal life on an old-fashioned altar or wherever you got saved at. If you call upon His name, repent in your sin, and turn to Christ, we ought to praise His name tonight. Well, the thing Stephen's doing tonight, he is drawing this people's attention to a man named Jesus Christ through these Old Testament saints of God. So we've also been talking about how it was Stephen who's showing these Jews that Jesus Christ is their Messiah. They rejected the Messiah, they hung Him on the cross, and they had Him killed. So in our last studies, we saw how this Stephen was using the life of Moses to try and show these people the life of Christ. Amen. This is very good stuff tonight. All the Bible's good. Amen. There ain't nothing bad about the Word of God. It shows us the bad in you and me. Amen. There's nothing bad about the Bible. Okay, so that's what he's doing tonight. He's talking about Moses and he's showing them the life of Christ. So let's get back in our study. But before we do, always try to review. So in our last study, we read verse 22 
And we look where the Bible said, and Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deeds. Now you and I can see the type of Christ in this. Because just like it was Moses that was learned in deed and in words, Christ was as well. The Bible said in John 7 46, when talking about Jesus, the Bible says there, the officers answered, never man spake like this man. He was uh, amazing to hear him talk. Amen. Jesus Christ was learned like Moses was learned. Okay. Jesus Christ was so learned that at the age of 12, he taught in the synagogue and the people there were amazed at what he was teaching. That's amazing, ain't it? Never man spake like this man. Ain't you glad for the day he spoke sweet peace to your heart? Never man spake like that man. You can go into a doctor's office and they can give you a shot and say you're good to go. And it'll still not do what that man done for you the day he saved your soul. Boy, I'm feeling good tonight. Amen. I hope you are. May be here a while. Listen, friend, Jesus Christ was learned. We read that. We read verse 23 through 25. The Bible said, and when he was full, 40 years old, it came to his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. For he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them. But they understood not. Well, it's the same way with Christ. He came into his brethren. He taught the children of Israel that he and his father were one. He said, I've got to go to my father. I've got to die. And in three days, I'll be raised up. They said, he's speaking of the temple. He's going to destroy it. They mocked him, made fun of him, rejected him. And friend, listen, he and his father were one. He told about how he's going to bleed and die for their sin. And right when he thought they had received him, we know tonight they received him not. Hey, friend, may I say to you tonight, that is what the world is doing with Christ. Amen. They're rejecting him. And it's a, it's going to be a sad day. Like when they when when those folks that reject Christ wake up like the rich man in hell and lift up their eyes. The Bible said when he awoke and lifted up his eyes in hell, they'll be awake in hell. They'll not be dead. They'll see. They'll uh they'll inhale the smoke and the flame, and the demons will be there nagging in their ear. Amen. They'll see in hell, they'll feel in hell. They'll burn a lamp in a place called hell. Oh, friend, ain't you glad tonight? You and I deserve hell. That's not what we're glad about. We're glad that Jesus Christ did not give us what we deserve. Oh, friend. Anyway, it was Christ who came and identified with sinful man. Moses went to his brethren. Christ came and identified with you and me. And I'm glad he did. He came. He was baptized to identify himself with us. But when you and I got saved, we got baptized to identify with him. Amen. It shows what happened the day we got saved. We went down, the old man died, and we were raised anew. That's what happened when we got saved. Baptism shows what happened when we got in. Amen. So Jesus left His home in heaven tonight to identify with sinful man. It was Him who was rejected by His own people, by His own brethren. They hung the man of no sin on the cross, and Christ died. For you and for me. Well, he didn't get hate in his heart tonight. Christ did not do that because of them rejecting him. You know what Jesus got? He got a love for them. He got a love for us. There's fulfilled John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. 
that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 15 and 13, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. Now tonight, think about this. We were his friend. Uh, he was our friend before we were his. Amen. Enemies, but still friends. He loved us that much. I may I say to you, Jesus loves us tonight. If you're lost, I don't know your heart, but I'm telling you, Jesus loves you. Amen. We read that. We read verse 26 through 28. The Bible said, And the next day he showed himself unto them as they strove, and would have set them at one again, saying, Sirs, ye are brethren. Why do ye wrong one to another? But he that did his neighbor wrong thrust him away. The man says this to Moses saying, Who made thee a ruler and judge over us? Wilt thou kill me as thou didst the Egyptian yesterday? We see that Stephen is showing this council how they rejected Moses, just like the people scorned and rejected Christ. And not only did they reject him, they mocked him, they laughed at him, they made fun of him, this man who loved them enough to call him to call them friends. And then he shed every drop of blood that he had. I was listening to a song the other day, and it made me mad. And said he spilled all his blood. Let me tell you something. Christ did not spill his blood. He shed his blood. He freely gave every drop of his blood. It wasn't an accident. Amen. It was no coincidence. He done it because he loved us. Spilled his blood. He shed his blood. Our little girl spilled something at the house all the time. He shed His blood. It was no accident, friend. He shed it for you and for me tonight. We saw that. We read verse 29. The Bible said, Then fled Moses at this saying, and was a stranger in the land of Midian, where he begat two sons. We see tonight that Moses was rejected. He was a stranger in a strange land. But just like Jesus Christ, he came into his own, his own received him not. So Jesus Christ now came to the Gentiles, which were strangers. He died for all. And just like Moses found a bride in a strange land. Oh, friend, Jesus Christ found himself a bride in a strange land. Ain't you glad tonight that you're saved? You are the bride of Christ. Ain't you glad? Well, that's good, ain't it? We can see the grace of God in all this tonight. Let's get back to our study. Let's read verse number 30. See if God will help us tonight. The Bible said, And when 40 years were expired, there appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai an angel of the Lord in a flame of fire in a bush. What's all this mean tonight? Everything in the Bible means something. So let's see. It says Stephen is talking about Moses. We see he's now going to continue talking about him. The reason tonight is Moses is a clear picture and a type of Christ in our Bible. Now, notice in this verse, the Bible says that 40 years have went by. Okay, now back up in verse 23, we see Moses was 40 years old, correct? So it's at this time in Stephen's sermon, or in Moses' life, he would have been 80 years old. Okay, we see that. And I want to stop and a little side note tonight. And you say, preacher, I'm old. Listen to me, God can use you, whether you're old, whether you're young. Here's Moses at 80 years old, being used by God. He can use you. Say, preacher, I'm old. God can't use me. Yes, He can. He can. But it was this time He was 80 years old. 
Christ can use you. And we see that tonight. It was Moses who was in the land of Midian for a total of 40 years. But the thing we see here is that even though there were many trials in this land and many struggles for 40 years, it was God who was still yet working all this out for Moses is good. Just like he did Joseph. So we got another example in our Bibles of Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them who love God. Amen. And to them who are called according to His purpose. So it's Moses who was called. Even though he had some struggles in his life, even though he had many trials, it was still yet God who was working all these things out for the good of Moses just like God does with me and you. Even though we don't always understand what God is doing, hey, rest be assured by faith. We've got to believe He's working it for our good if we believe what the Scripture said. Preached on faith Sunday morning. We've got to have that faith. Oh, what else do we have? Amen. To carry us off. So it's also Moses' time of trial. God did not leave him. God did not forsake him. We know it was God who talked with Moses in many different ways. And the thing that Moses done was that he turned his back on the riches of Pharaoh tonight. He chose tonight to come and suffer with the people that he loved. Now, if you were to look through the genealogy of Moses, remember it was the king's daughter, Pharaoh, that had raised up Moses now. Remember that? I never seen this before I was studying this out. It was the king's daughter that raised him, so next would have been his turn to be king. I never thought about that. So Moses left all the riches that he could have had, he left it behind. Oh man, and if you think about it tonight, that's exactly what Christ done for you and for me tonight. Jesus Christ left His home in heaven. A place that we are ready to go. A place where the street is pure gold. Oh, it's not streets either. Every man don't need a street. You'll walk in the same street to go. And I'm telling you, Jesus Christ left all those riches to identify with us sinful man, come down here and die for us so we can live in that place that He left and be with Him forever. I'm telling you, Christ put His feelings to the side. He saw you and me as we were on our way to hell. And friend, I'm telling you, as we were getting ready to get what we deserve, Christ took our punishment. Christ took it all and He suffered it on the cross of Calvary. He knew we didn't deserve heaven and he knew we didn't have a way and Christ said I'll go and be the way oh friend there is people looking for riches in the world people looking for money at every hand I mean I hear people where I work and all they're worried about is I've got to get out of here so I can make more money I've got to do this I'm telling you you may make more money but I guarantee you you're going to work a whole lot harder than work money ain't going to matter when we get up there Hey, I'm telling you, friend. I mean, I understand you've got to raise your family and a man that won't work hope not to eat is what the Bible said. But I'm telling you, it's not money that is the most important thing. The most important thing is realizing that a man named Jesus came and died for us. A bunch of hell-deserving sinners. He paid the price that we could never pay. Ain't you glad the debt is paid in full? How many of you like having a car payment? Oh, my about have to have one to have one anymore. About have to have a car payment to have a car anymore. But how would you like it? The next check you would get sit down to write. The bank calls you and said, wait a minute. Now this has been paid in full. That's what Christ done for us. 
Except he done a lot more. We ought to shout a lot. I bet if we done that, we'd shout when we hung up the phone. I'm telling you, we ought to shout tonight. Christ uh, took us out of hell. Boy, I'll never have to worry about what the rich man saw in hell. Never have to worry about it. Friend, if you're here to say, we've come the same way. It's by Lord Jesus Christ. We had to repent of our sin, turn to Him, and I'm not saved by what I feel. I'm saved by what the Bible said. We had to call upon His name. The Bible tells us something about that name in Acts 4 and 12. Neither is there salvation in any other name. For there is none other name given under heaven. Uh, there is none other name under heaven given among men. Whereby we must be saved. Jesus, like Moses, left his home of riches, came down here to the earth to be the least of the least for you and for me. Matthew 8 and 20, listen to this. And Jesus said unto him, The foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. He left his riches to be the least of the least for you and for me. And they save people. And if you was to go and drag them by the arm, they still wouldn't come to the house and be hot. I can't figure that. This man ought to mean more to us than anything in this world. The world don't want to hear about this man. But it was this man, Christ Jesus, who loved the world and the people so much. He left this place where you and I can't wait to go. He came and died and bled for us. And just like God talked to Moses, God was talking to Christ because Christ is God. And you can see, I mean, even, even Jesus prayed to the Father a lot. But the Lord talked to Moses out of a burning bush. But the bush was not consumed. Now, I want you to understand this. You would find that in Exodus 3 and 2. The Bible said, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. We see that. Look at something else. Verse 31 through 32. When Moses saw it, he wondered at the sight. I would too, wouldn't you? Amen. And as he drew near to behold it, the voice of the Lord came to him, saying, I'm the God of thy fathers, the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Then Moses trembled and durst not behold. We see the bush was burning. It was on fire. As literal. And God is speaking to Moses out of this bush. We see that Moses here wondered at the sight. I'm sure we would have well. Now don't get confused by this. I want you to understand. I'm slow down. All this tonight was still pointing this counsel to Christ. Now we know that God was still yet finding ways to speak with Moses. Water from the rock. I mean, out of this burning bush as he's facing opposition in his life. But the whole thing this is showing, it was showing that Israel must suffer, but it will not be consumed. This bush is a picture of that. So it was the bush in our text and is a type of the land of the people of Israel. And we know tonight that they did suffer much affliction. You can read about that in verse 34. The Bible said, we read it a minute ago, I have seen, I have seen the affliction of my people which is in Egypt, and I've heard their groaning. If you read the rest of that verse, the Bible also says, And am come down to deliver them. Amen. And now come, I will send thee into Egypt. Now Israel was not consumed. Why? They had a deliverer. Amen. Amen. 
and even though Israel would still yet and will still yet suffer many things, it will not be consumed tonight because the Lord Jesus Christ is still yet that deliverer. Boy, I'm telling you, this is a future day of coming. But I'm telling you, the Lord Jesus is going to deliver them tonight. The bush will burn. That is all the trial, all the affliction that Israel will suffer in the tribulation period. But all friend, coming one day to Israel is a deliverer and Jesus Christ. He's finally going to trample ahead the Antichrist, throw him into the lake of fire, and the bush will not be consumed. The bush is Israel. It will not be consumed. They'll suffer the great tribulation, but after that, God will deliver Israel. The Prince of Peace will set up on His throne right there, as far as I can tell, the Dome of the Rock. Amen. That big shiny dome over there. Amen. Yeah, that's Jesus. He's going to sit there one day. You can look it up. Google that if you ain't never seen it. I encourage you. Google something good. Amen. So Stephen is trying his best to show them the Messiah's come. All the Old Testament points us and them right to Christ. But the choice is theirs if they want it or not. That's what he's telling them. So the blessing is in obeying the gospel. The curse is in not obeying the gospel. The curse is hell. We see something else. Verse 33. The Bible said, Then said the Lord to him, Put off thy shoes from thy feet, for the place where thou standest is holy ground. Moses saw a burning bush. And we see verse 32. But now God tells him to take off his shoes because Moses is standing on holy ground. Oh, what a verse. The thing we see in all this is that we have first of all been looking at Moses as a type of Christ. Now, the thing we can see Moses as well, he's still yet a sinful man. Right? He's still man. So it was Moses that now must learn what to do when in the presence of a thrice holy God. Oh, friend, this is rich. It was at this time that he had to take off his shoes. What does that mean, preacher? It shows you and me tonight that Moses had to learn what it meant to stand as a sinner before a thrice holy God who was a flaming fire. Listen, it was God's righteous judgment in our text that caused the judgment of Egypt to be unleashed upon Egypt in that land. Okay? We know, we know about the plagues and everything they suffered, but I want to tell you tonight the whole time Israel did not suffer in those plagues. It was the Egyptians because they wouldn't let God's people go. And, and sometimes I can just imagine as they're sitting there uh, watching this from this side, those, those Egyptians are suffering. I bet you going to let us go worship them? Amen. Are you going to let us go? I can see it in their minds if they're like we are anyway. I don't know. But listen, it was God's judgment that unleashed that. It was Moses who had been called to tell the people that the judgment of God was coming. But before he could tell them, he first had to learn how unfit he was for the task. May I say to you tonight, we're unfit for the task. There are people that I know tonight lifted up with pride. We're unfit for the task. We're unfit. And the only thing we can do is just be like Moses. I don't want you to take off your shoes. <laughs> but the only thing we can do is be like Moses and say, God, we stand on the holy ground. What does all that mean? You've got to see yourself as unfit. It's now this type of Moses, he's turned into a contrast, a comparison of Christ. Jesus did not need to learn he was unfit. No, because he was sinless. Uh, Jesus Christ said in John 8 58, Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I say to you, before Abraham was, 
I am. When he said that, he meant it. So he knows what it is to be holy. Not only did he not have to learn that, he didn't have to learn what it meant to stand on holy ground. He already knew what that's like. Moses had to learn. Listen, the Bible said in Hebrews 7 and 26, For such an high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners and made higher than the heavens. Jesus didn't have to learn that because He was that. He is that. I mean, He's holy. He's righteous. He's the one that entered to the holy of holies of the tabernacle. He passed behind the veil, ripped the veil in twain tonight so you and I can have fellowship with God. Hey, friends, so we see tonight that holiness is nothing new for Jesus. He's the Holy One of Israel. It's Him which the cherubims cried out. The cherubims. Everybody knows what that is, right? Those angels there. Those cherubims, Isaiah 6 and 3. The Bible says, And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. Friend, if you can't look around and see the glory of God, there's something wrong. Listen, it's that flaming holiness of God that'll be the basis of judgment that'll be made known at the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to return to redeem Israel. And when that flame of fire comes, 2 Thessalonians 2 and 8 will be fulfilled. The Bible said, And then shall that wicked, that's a capital W for the Antichrist, the, that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of His mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of His, of his coming. Jesus is going to burn that wicked one with the flame of His mouth. Hallelujah. We see all this. Let's look at one more thing. Verse 34. The Bible said this. I have seen, I have seen the affliction of my people which is in Egypt. And I've heard their groaning and have come down to deliver them. And now come, I'll send thee into Egypt. We see again, Israel must suffer. But the whole time what God is truly doing, excuse me, is that we know the wrath of God is going to be poured out upon Egypt in, in the Old Testament there. But the whole thing about it is that God done that so He could pour out His love on His called out people, Israel. We know that it was in Egypt that Egyptians had to suffer the plagues of God. You remember that from the Old Testament. But it's through those plagues Moses that he said would come at the whole time. It was just showing us the love of God that God had for the children of Israel. Listen, the whole intent of those plagues was to prove tonight that God is going to take care of His chosen people. And not only did He then, He's going to do it in our day. He's going to do it then. The whole time it was love that moved God to act right there in the fullness of that time. Moses had been sent back to Egypt to redeem by power the children of Israel. We know tonight how God parted the waters, walked them out, and friend, that very day when that tribulation comes in, when it's finished up and the deliverer's coming, He's going to deliver Israel. And guess what, buddy? Then comes a new heaven and a new earth where you and I will be for the rest of our life. Friend, what a day. There's so much I wish I could get it all out. But it was at, the, at that time the children of Israel groan while down in Egypt. Just like people groan in our day. How many of you wake up and groan? How many of you think that's really spiritual? Listen to this. The Bible said, Romans 8 and 23, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan. I don't think it's talking about when we wake up in the morning. But listen, ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. Now listen to me. My body's not saved. My soul is. But this verse says, Whew! 
To wit, it means witness, the redemption of our body. There's coming a day. Amen. Our body will be redeemed. Amen. It ain't yet, but it will be one day. And it's going to live in that new heaven and that new earth. And oh, there's people that there's people ask me all the time, how's it going to get the ones that screaming? It's like, well, guess the rest of them. Amen. He knows exactly where they're at. He's going to raise those bodies one day, and they're going to be with him in the air. Amen. Every single one. Don't matter how they die. They're going to be there. We're going to be there. Amen. Listen, it's the children of Israel that have grown the day of great tribulation. But just like God had heard their groanings then, when He sent Moses to deliver them, God will hear their groanings again, send Christ to deliver them. Hey, it'll all come for the second part of Christ's second coming. The first part is when He comes to get His bride. And I know we call that a first coming, but He doesn't touch the earth at that time. Amen. We're going to meet Him in the air. But at the second part of that second coming, He will touch the earth, destroy the Antichrist, destroy the devil. Okay, so He comes to call us out the first part. After that's the tribulation, Israel cry. God will hear that cry. And send the kinsman redeemer. You can, if you read over in the book of Ruth, I encourage you to read about the kinsman redeemer, and you'll see Christ all the way through this through this book. But it'll be Jesus who comes to win the final battle of Armageddon. There'll be a battle between good and evil after the tribulation during that last part of the tribulation. Christ is going to win the battles of them won. Amen. So that's what's going to happen then. They're going to cry. He's going to deliver them the whole time. We can see tonight God acting in love. Now, I'm going to get Joel Osteen on you for just a minute. The Bible says God is love. He is. The whole time, through all the trials, through all the suffering, it is God acting out in love to fulfill His Word of God for the people He loves. Just like Moses delivered Israel from the bondage of Egypt, so Christ, after the tribulation period, will deliver Israel out of the tribulation then because God's acting His love. The whole thing Stephen's trying to drive home to this council was the Messiah had come. The Messiah had come. The Messiah had come. And it's just like one man says. He says at this point, Stephen has skillfully dropped his brush and palette like an artist and picked up his sword. Amen. He had drawn a breathtaking parallel between Joseph and Jesus. And Moses and Jesus, but now comes the sword thrust of the application. And he's exactly right. He's getting ready to say, all right, boys, I've showed you all this. He's going to dig in the night and say, you're the ones that put him on the cross. The whole time, Stephen is leading up and pointing these people to Jesus. Friend, he's going to cut this counsel to the heart. But we'll have to come back and look at that, Lord willing, Another day. But I'm going to say this. Just like we can see the love of God in all this, aren't you glad tonight that as you and I look back over our lives, we can see the love of Christ? Amen. I mean, friend, I don't care about your past. I don't want to know your past. But I know that through my past, God showed me love. Mm-hmm. He did not have to let me go to Smithport Baptist Church and get on an old-fashioned altar and get saved. There's many times he should have never even let me make it home. And when I woke up, I didn't, get, I didn't know how I got there. But I'm telling you, you say, how preacher, the love of Christ is the only answer that I have. How many times in your life have you seen the love of Christ? You say, preacher, I've seen it in my past, but what about this? What about me and my wife was coming down the road? 
son was blocking my eyes. About scared the mother-in-law, she's hitting her break. And my wife, she's over there. Oh my goodness, I couldn't see the truck stop, but I got stopped in time. You know why? Love Christ. We see it every day. Every single day, Jesus is acting in love. Through trials, through tribulations, through things in our life. Friend, I think back to when I wasn't even saved. I was his friend when I'd done him wrong. I wasn't a friend to him. But he sure was a friend to me. I don't deserve it. I deserve hell tonight. Jesus gave me heaven. I don't even know what else to say, but amen. Hallelujah, friend. Let's all stand. Our heads bowed and our eyes closed tonight. I'm done.